0: This evening's reading is Romans 15, verse 1 to 13. And if you're using the Church Bibles, it's page 1141. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbours for their good, to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself... But, as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had. So that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another, then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, so that the promises made to the patriarchs might be confirmed, and moreover that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, As it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing the praises of your name. And again it says, Rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let all the people extol him. And again Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations, in him the Gentiles will hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.
1: Thank you very much, Laura, for reading for us, and let's pray now. Father, we pray that you might speak to us this evening and uh, please help us to understand and uh, we pray, Lord, that this would make a difference, that your word by your spirit would make a difference to our lives, we pray for Jesus' sake. Amen. I wonder if you've uh, ever been in a bit of an argument with someone and uh, during that one of you it's probably at the end of the argument. One of you says, well, go on then, please yourself. Maybe it was you said that. Maybe they said it to you. And uh, uh, or you maybe have you ever been in a situation where you send uh, an invitation to a party or dinner or a wedding. And the date is creeping up and you still haven't heard from them. They're, They're very late in replying. Sometimes people just don't reply at all. It's as if they're kind of just waiting for uh, a better offer or whatever it is. And uh, and they think, oh, that's not very helpful. I really need to know if they're coming or not. Ever been in a queue on the motorway where it's going down from three lanes to two? So the road, the, uh, road work sort of has been an accident or something. And, uh, uh, and as you're patiently waiting in the queue, it's an Audi. They're always Audi drivers, aren't they? Come up the outside, and they go right to the end, and then they push in. I don't know what it is about what happens to people when they buy an Audi, but uh, it always seems to be Audi drivers. And uh, uh, it may be not all healthy drivers of course i have to say we have some here and, and they would never do this but uh, um, but uh, but i'm sure like me you have probably said probably out loud as i have oh, go on then please yourself and uh, uh, we live in a world where those things kind of happen from time to time don't they the thing is for us as christian believers we should be different So you look at verse 1 in this reading here. This evening we're looking at our verse for the year. is verse 13, as we saw earlier on. Uh, I spoke about that this morning, just verse 13 from um, Romans chapter 15. And this evening I'm going to put that verse in its slightly broader context by looking at verses 1 to 13 to help us to understand it a little bit more deeply. Um, And here in verse 1 it says this. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak, and not to please ourselves so this evening i just want to simply say this don't please yourself don't please yourself and uh, uh, that is our focus uh, for this sermon don't please yourself Now, uh, this morning, if you just glance over to verse 13 for a moment, we were thinking there uh, about verse 13. May the God of hope, our verse of the year, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we were thinking, you've got to put your big rocks in first. So the, the starting point, or if you like, the foundations of this, is that we what we need to do is to trust in him. So as we trust in him we'll find that he is at work in our lives and that what is going on here is that God will be working in our lives and as we trust in him will fill us with joy and peace and then we will begin to overflow by the power of the spirit working in our lives. Now, this passage is telling us, and we're not going to spend very much time on these particular verses, but when you look at that succession, when again it says, again it says, again it says, uh, that uh, Laura read for us just now in verses 9 and 10 and 11 and 12, that the issue here is that in the church in Rome, there seemed to be a group of people who were Jewish background and a group of people who were Gentile background, and there were people uh, in within the church, And and some weren't accepting the others and some of these weren't accepting those. So the Gentiles weren't really accepting the Jewish folks in the church or more likely the Jewish background guys uh, were not accepting the Gentile background people within the church. And so they were pleasing themselves. They were saying the church is really for us and not for these other people. Um, and therefore he's saying here when we get to verse 13 there may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him as you work this out so as you don't please yourselves as you actually see that uh, in fact that the, the salvation that i have been talking about in this letter for instance is in fact for absolutely for everyone and the bottom line In this of all sorts of backgrounds and all sorts of shades and opinions and all rest of it. Um, And the bottom line is in this is trust the God of hope. We trust in the God of hope. And uh, and actually what we're going to do is to live out that Christian life. And that's going to mean practically for the church then and also for us now that we don't please ourselves. We'll put other people's other people before ourselves. And as we do that, we will grow ourselves uh, in joy and peace, individually and within the church. And then we'll become more and more a church that overflows in hope. So this evening, don't please yourself. And there are three sub-points this evening. And uh, so the main point is don't please yourself. The first sub-point is this. Don't please yourself. So verses 1 to 4, don't please yourself. And uh, particularly here, don't please yourself because Jesus didn't please himself. Don't please yourself because Jesus didn't please himself. I, and I was a small boy, I had an autograph book, uh, and I went round to various people asking for autographs. No one uh, Actually, I did once get one from Colin Cowdrey, the cricketer, but uh, there was many people like my grandpa who, who wrote in it, think of the other chap. And my grandmother was very upset that he had put this in my autograph book. She was thinking that he ought to have written something more profound, more substantial. But actually, think of the other chap as a really good and a very good Christian thing to say, isn't it? Especially when you look at verse 1. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. In verse 1, failings are literally weaknesses. And when it says bear with, it's literally to put up with. So put up with the weaknesses of the weak. Put up with the failings, the weaknesses, the hopelessness of the those we might consider the weak. So he's saying, don't please yourselves as you put up with other people within the church. Put them first. Put them first for their good, for their building up, for their edification, that they may grow in their faith. Put them first. They are more important than you are. They really are more important than you are. Put others first. Let me tell you about Agnes. Agnes is in her 70s, she is single, and she arrives at church every week at the last minute. She often parks in front of the fire exit because there's nowhere else to park. And then when she comes into church, uh, she usually comes in during the welcome bit at the start of the service. It has already just begun. When she comes in, she will stop to have a natter to others also at the back of church. It's a bit kind of off-putting for those who are uh, who are there, who are sitting nearby. Then over coffee, she will habitually stand just by the place where they're serving the coffee. As she has uh, a chat to some friends within the church and uh, tells them about her week. She's been coming to church for years. But actually has never known to have been on a service rotor for anything. Don't please yourself, Agnes. You're here for others' sake we don't please ourselves because jesus didn't please himself jesus didn't please his self he of all people might have had some kind of right if you want to look at it in that kind of way to please himself but he just didn't jesus spent the whole of his life In the service of others. He never pleased himself. You you look in verse 3, and if you looked in the original of the verbs in verse 3, they made it clear that that wasn't just a one-off thing where he didn't please himself, but actually was an entire life spent not pleasing himself, but putting other people first. In the 17th century, there was a guy called Thomas Manton, and he wrote this. The Son of God was made the Son of Man, that the sons of men might become the sons of God. He took our misery that we might have His glory. He was born of a woman that we might be born of God. Christ was really sin for us, that we might be really righteous in Him. And that is service, isn't it? That is not pleasing yourself. Martin Luther once wrote this, believers should not please themselves, even as Christ did not please himself. And so our question for ourselves is, am I going to be someone who will not please himself or herself, but I will give myself in the service of others? Our queen, for instance, is uh, a Christian believer, we understand. Well known for her bringing that into uh, uh, her speeches each year on Christmas Day. Uh, And well known too for not pleasing herself. Ever since the abdication crisis from the Edward VIII in 1936, she knew that she would at some point become the queen. And she began to prepare for a life of service serving her country and serving the commonwealth so for us please don't please yourself and we do that because jesus didn't please himself he died for us and that is the ultimate in not pleasing yourself and then in verse four there seems to be what seems to be a little bit of a sidetrack for everything was written in the past old testament was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide we might have hope which of course links in with our verse for the year over in verse 13 there and uh, um, do you have a little voice in the back of your head that says um, don't please yourself or what about me who's going to look out for me If I live my life not pleasing myself, that's never going to work, is it? But this passage says, trust in the God of hope. Take him at his words. Keep going. Keep on not pleasing yourself. Because that is the way to true joy, to true peace. And that is the way to overflow with hope. And the Old Testament is written, actually, to teach us. So we're not going to ignore it. We're not just going to be New Testament Christians. I have a temptation, and whenever I see a quotation from the Old Testament in the New, I skip over it. We shouldn't do that. It is as much part of the Bible as the rest of it. So we need to read that and think carefully about it and learn from it, because it was written for our sake. And then back on track, after a little kind of going into, offered a tangent there. But he actually has raised this issue of endurance and encouragement. You can see that in verse 4. And then into verse 5. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had. So the first thing, don't please yourself. That's our big thing. First subheading, don't please yourself. Second subheading, don't please yourself. Don't please yourself secondly because if you don't please yourself, you will build unity in worship. That's verses 5 to 6. Don't please yourself because if you do that, if you don't please yourself, you will build unity in worship. Now, we've seen in verse 5, it's the God who gives us endurance and encouragement. But look at the end of verse 5 as well. Um, This is a prayer, isn't it? May this God give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. So that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's an attitude of, of love and delight in each other, where you have one mind and one voice and the same purpose, the same mind, where you all agree with each other. Where there is a profound and deep unity with each other and a love for each other. And you see where it says one voice there. So with one mind and one voice in verse six, uh, you know, they reckon that's talking about singing together as Christians. They reckon that's about what we were doing just earlier on. They reckon that's about what we're going to do later in the service. They reckon it's about the joy of being united and able to sing God's praises together with other Christians. And it was so hard in lockdown, wasn't it? When we weren't allowed to sing together well, we can at the moment and we need to pray that we're going to be able to continue to do that and delight in it. Um, It was Tozer who said this, worship also means to express in some appropriate manner what you feel. And Martin Luther said this, a home in my own house, there is no warmth or vigor in me, but in the church, when the multitude is gathered together, a fire is kindled in my heart and and, uh, it breaks its way through. Have you ever experienced a church where maybe you're on holiday, say, and you go there and you walk in and you think, oh, there's a bit of an atmosphere here. What's going on? It doesn't seem right somehow. And, and you wonder before the service begins, do they really love each other? They just sat down. They're not talking to each other. What's going on here? And then in the first hymn, you know that something's wrong. Because it's a perfectly well-known hymn, but half of them aren't singing and the other half are just kind of mumbling away. And that's tragic, isn't it? And it turns out, as you talk to someone later on, that there has been a real bust up within the church. There's a split right down the middle. So sad. Well, to so say for us here and from this passage, for instance, if you've got a problem with someone, you really need to sort it out. If you're at home and watching this online, because you won't come because you've got a problem with someone, for instance, I don't know if there's anyone in that situation, but if there were, or if there ever were in the future, you really need to sort it out. There's a challenge from God's word that we need to sort these things out so there aren't those divisions. An unresolved issue with someone. Well, we won't be of one mind and one voice, and we won't be glorifying the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in the way that we could be, and in the way that we should be. So it's this attitude of mind he talks here uh, about here in verse six of one mind and one voice. Let's not muck up our song worship. Let's make sure we're one with each other. Let's make sure that we really are one mind and one voice. So when we sing, we are giving it our all. And it's such a special thing, isn't it? I reckon every Sunday at some point, morning and evening, I stop singing because I just want to listen to you guys sing. Blesses my heart to do so. So let's not muck that up. Let's make that as good as it possibly can be. But there's actually even a slightly bigger issue underlying this, and that is actually the whole of our Christian life. Tim Keller, New York pastor, said this, Only believers who are following hard in setting priorities for Christian growth and ministry will experience deep unity. I love the idea of following hard. Those who are passionate, those who are all out for the Lord's. And we're going to experience that really deep fellowship and unity if we are all likewise following hard, going flat out for the Lord Jesus. That may be something you'd say, a bit of a late New Year's resolution, But it's only the 2nd of January. Say, Lord Jesus, this year, please really you help me to follow hard, to be all out, flat out for you, serving you, doing all I can. Giving of myself, not pleasing myself and any day of this year, because I want to put other people first. So don't please yourself. Don't please yourself because Jesus didn't please himself. Don't pl- himself. Don't please yourself because you'll build unity in worship by not pleasing yourself, by putting other people first. And then the third point, you've probably guessed it, don't please yourself. Because Christ accepted you and we need to accept one another. It's verses 7 to 13. But I just want to focus really on verses 7 and 8 here. And we'll leave the Jew and Gentile divide and the, the reasons why there shouldn't be a Jew-Gentile divide within the church for another time. But verses 7 and 8. Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth so that the promises made to the patriarchs might be confirmed. And moreover, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. This passage is saying, accept one another because Christ accepted you and me. Accept one another. And that means loving others, doesn't it? It means putting other people before ourselves. Um, and making sure as we love each other, we do that to the best of our ability, from the bottom of our hearts. Because being loved brings great joy. That's how it fits into verse 13. It's one of the ways it fits into verse 13 here, isn't it? You look at verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. And one of the great joys is knowing that you're loved, isn't it? And that doesn't have to come from a boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, whatever. But it can be a great joy knowing that you're loved from within the family of God's people. Uh, Henri Nouwen said this, or wrote this. Joy is the experience of knowing that you are unconditionally loved and that nothing, sickness, failure, emotional distress, oppression, war, or even death, can take that away look at verse 7 accept one another then just as christ accepted you in order to bring praise to god christ accepted us how do you think he did that grudgingly I don't think so. Partially? I don't think so. Oh, have I really got to? I don't think so. Conditionally? No. Jesus Christ accepted us with all our faults, with all our blemishes, with all our shortcomings... With all our failures. With all our weaknesses. And he deliberately. And willingly. Gave himself. To an execution on a Roman cross for us. Christ accepted us. And so we need to accept others here. So do we do you is there anyone here you don't accept is there anyone here you don't accept anyone here you honestly deep down see as unacceptable for whatever reason Maybe their nationality, maybe their ethnic origins, maybe their behavior, maybe 101 different reasons, maybe they wronged you, maybe you're jealous of them because of they've got what you long for, be that good looks, a spouse, success, children, is there anyone here we don't accept? please Christ accepted you and Christ has accepted them so we're going to look at verse 13 I'm going to read it and then we're going to turn that into a prayer as we close So this is our verse for the year. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's pray together. So may the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace as we don't please ourselves and as we trust in him so that we may overflow with hope
0: by the power of the holy spirit amen